Welcome to The Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick and... I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. G'day Jay, how are you going? I'm going great. I'm going great. It is a busy time of the year. But there's a lot happening, so it's it's uh, it's never a dull moment. As we record, it is a Wednesday, and we are two days away from Black Friday. And if you're like anyone else with an email address or an internet connection, I'm pretty sure you are sick of being bombarded by sale emails and offers and deals as retailers try to hawk their wares. Black Friday and Cyber Monday, the biggest online shopping extravaganza of the year that traditionally leads into the Christmas holiday shopping season. And Lego's of no exception as well. There's a lot there's a lot happening with Lego. Just just this past weekend we had Absolutely Insider Secret, which is a pre Black Friday shopping event. We got double insiders points. We got a few GWPs um, which we'll chat about today. And yeah. It's plenty of money to be spent. And uh, on Black Friday, we have the launch of the highly anticipated Lego Avengers Tower, 90 centimeters tall, one of the tallest sets ever. Um, and that's going to be, you know, one of the the second last big release of 2023. The second biggest la- release, you say, Jay? Have we got another one coming out for uh, Black not Friday? Not the biggest. I mean, um, we, we've got the Orient Express uh, coming uh, on the 1st of december as well Fantastic. so yeah lots lots coming again we also have the not to forget the natural history museum modular coming on the first of december we've got tiny plants coming on the first of december as well so we are spoilt for choice when it comes to christmas presents this year we are indeed there is something for just about everybody and don't forget there will be people who may still want things that aren't brand new and have been around for a year or so Exactly. Um, did you buy anything in the uh, in the sales? I pre-ordered the Natural History Museum. Ooh, very nice. Well, for the Nola in chief, she described it as something she may be interested in for Christmas. I presume that my gifts with purchase that are qualified for that will arrive when that ships, which will be first second of December. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll get a little Christmas holiday village stall and market stall and a um copy of Magisto's workshop, which I've been very fortunate enough to have a chance to already take a look at. Oh yeah. What do you um, what do you what do you think of uh Magisto's workshop? I think the build is a lovely tribute. Again, it's using contemporary building techniques and some of the things that have changed from the original 6048 back in nineteen ninety three, celebrating its thirtieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. So a great translation of the old model. Um, in, in short, it focuses far more on being a building experience than a play experience, I think, mm-hmm. because just the change in building techniques, every one by two by three panel is now a one by one and two by two bricks stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So the, there's, it's much more of a building focused experience. I felt a little disappointed at the way that the minifigures appeared, but I can understand that there are reasons for this not being a perfect carbon copy of 
the original set. But we got a new Dragon Knight's torso, which is um, which we don't which we don't normally get. No, well, look, you do occasionally, but um, not, but not yes, in a, not in a GWP. I don't think we normally get new elements in GWP. I mean, we did get the Blacktron one torso in Blacktron Cruiser this year. So we started yep. this year with a nostalgic remake of a beloved set, and we look to be ending this year with a nostalgic remake of a beloved set. So we certainly we don't normally see new elements in a GWP. Um, may see those prints, but we don't normally see new molds and so as a result there are a few elements that made that original set iconic including the dragon knight's helmet and plumes as well as the halberd the poleaxe that the dragon knights carry um and so without any of those there were a few changes that I, i think could have been made slightly differently to um, base, give it a, give it more of the original feel. Um, mm-hmm. Dragon Knights always virtually always had black helmets. Um, this one's got great silver metallic pauldrons element as well, so that looks looks really good. Um, but with the silver helmet, that I think if that was substituted for a black cage front helmet, that could possibly do a fantastic job in the absence of firing up um, the the old mold. That's a shame. Yeah. Look, you can build a poleaxe quite easily or a halberd quite easily with the spear and axe head elements that are included in the set, so I'm not too bothered about that because at the end of the day I've made made a poleaxe out of all the parts that I got in it. Or you could uh, or you could just pick one up on Bricklink, which is now back online after a extended outage. So that they're not they're not too expensive from memory. No, no look, they're not necessarily, but it, it's really, I suppose, it was more I was looking to go the complete contemporary building experience with it. Yep. Um, rather than bring in retired elements. Mm. The other the other missed opportunity, the shield is uh remains a current mold, and it would have been lovely to have seen a printed dragon shield there, but that's certainly having to get the graphic designers out to just do that would have certainly been at a not mm-hmm. insignificant expense to the cost of the set. And again, Magisto blank. Not printed, doesn't have his little pouch with his potion ingredients and the like in magic um, like beans. Magic, magic beans, like he did back in the day, and the original Magisto had a cape as well um, that you he could barely cape. see. He had a glow in the dark, a glow in the dark wand, and a printed scroll. So I've given up expecting printed scrolls these days. Um, a glow in the dark wand could have been cool, but it's also cool to have just pulled out one that's in the same old colour that they're currently using. I, I thought they could have substituted in a, a like torso and leg elements that we've seen previously um, simply through Build-A-Mini. So, you know, on the other hand, perhaps you can still get hold of these Build-A-Mini figures and certainly we can order them direct from Lego, from the Lego certified stores in Australia as a pack of three. So hopefully they might still be available in other parts of the world as well. But look, I'm still going to say I really enjoyed building the set. I love the fact that the dark grey castle balcony element is back, mm. having not been any sets since about 2013 or so. 
and overall it it was it was nice and i think we I, I enjoyed the building experience i even had a go at building the old back of the box builds which are a little harder without some of the elements that were included back in the day but we we got through it only using parts in the set do you have the original i don't have the original i i had to resort to um let's build it again and back of the box builds.com um but i appreciate that uh your your flex on Twitter during the week of the original four oh six oh four eight um Magisto's magical workshop mint in box. Mm. Which which still functionally means you don't have an original to play with. Uh, I mean I mean that's not my only copy. I have I have <laughs> um I'm trying to build a vault. I have sealed copies of my favorite vintage sets and sets that I deem important to Lego's history. And I also have use sets, which I then build and display and can pull out if I can find them in my labyrinth of a garage and organization, lack of organization um, system. Yeah, so no, I don't I don't have the original one to look at and but I can I see that there are some there there are some aspects of how how sets then were really geared for play rather than um, the, the building experience per se. Yep. Um so what do you think of um like is this a is this a good nostalgic GWP? Does it does it scratch your vintage castle, classic castle itch? Look, it scratches the itch. Um at the end of the day, I recognize that building techniques have changed. It does have the same a similar whimsical appearance. As I say, there were a couple of little things that I think would have taken it from being pretty good to fantastic. And we're also dealing with a set that had a really high buy-in price. Uh, you need to be spending $400 Australian, 250 US on shop at home. And that, that's, that's a lot. Unless you have a big spend planned, it's, it's a lot. So if, if you're a Marvel fan and you're looking to pick up the Avengers Tower next weekend, um, think of your castle buddies. There'll be a scope for Chris Kringle and, um, and the like at your... Um, at your lugs Christmas parties and the like, and uh, yeah, just think of your castle buddies. I yeah, I'm. It's 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 been an interesting year. So following the 90th anniversary last year, which gave us the Galaxy Explorer and Lion Knight's Castle, and also the Forest um Forest Hideout, Forest Forest Man's Hideout, the Forest Man's Hideout. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, looking at this year, we have um, a bit more variety. We got a Blacktron set as mentioned blacktron cruiser to start the start the year off which was a which was a fantastic homage like it it was modernized it's a you know it's still the invader in many places and you still get a you know a, a blacktron one a very a very good blacktron one minifigure we also got eldorado fortress again mm. this year and yeah and we're finishing off with magisto's workshop so space Castle pirates, big tree. They've uh, they've ticked ticked all of them off the list this year. Fantastic. Next year, time cruises. Oh, next year. Um, yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder where we'll go next year. I wonder if they'll keep this up because I feel like we have entered or we have started another super cycle of Lego remakes. This is going to be a thing now for Lego, and mm. yeah. I wonder where we'll go from here. Yeah, so it'd be 
great to see someone to be opposing the Galaxy Explorer. Um, you know, some some, some more firepower some, for 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 the Blacktrons for the Blacktron. Yeah, I reckon. Action. You know, if if it was possible to do do something Blacktron, that would be fantastic. I'll have to. I've got. I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Spirius as well. Um, oh yeah, you know the the hidden mountain volcano base that opens up the the robot in command. You know, so much, so much good going in, on in Spirius. And we got a Spirius sort of, set two years ago. Two years ago, a year ago. C- Cybertron. Yeah, I suppose we technically Cybertron. did. Cybertron. Cybertron. I beg your pardon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there you, you go. create a three in one. That's right. So I think if you're going down the uh, the list, um, look, I I want a proper ice planet or Mtron, um, just because those are two of my ice set five ice set V. That's that small would... enough to make a, a pretty good um, GWP or a Blizzard GWP. Baron. So, the only question that I ask here, Jay, and it's a challenging question because. Fluorescent transparent orange appears to have been retired. Yeah, they as can a use color. the they can use the newer. Um, you know, it's it's not going to be like OG Ice Planet. There's still a there's still a transparent orange. It's not quite the transparent orange of old. No, it certainly is not. <laughs> yeah, but like all you know, nostalgic remakes, it is never going to come close to the original, especially if they you know if they continue to design sets like Magisto's Workshop and El- um and Eldorado Fortress where the the brief is to you know modernize and adapt these classic sets and not do it like Lion Knight's Castle where these sets were just or, or Galaxy Explorer to a certain extent where these sets were modernized and reimagined at a new scale mm. so yeah, yeah, that 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 feels like that. That was a special bonus for the 90th anniversary to me, and mm. I, you know, I'd love to be wrong, and I'd love to see more sets done in that sort of a way. But I think the templates now been sort of shown with these GWPs as well as, as you say, Eldorado Fortress. I look at the end of the day, I've spent five hours playing with this set this week. It's got a great <laughs> collection of parts. It's got a great collection of castle parts. Um, my gripes are trivial. Um, the best thing that I did was I grabbed a cape off one of my CMFs and I put it onto Magisto, and all of a sudden he just looked so much more badass. I mean, that's the uh, that's the beauty of Lego, and yeah, I think like like all these nostalgia sets, the main like the primary value here is getting a set that you were familiar with as a kid and you know, reliving some of that nostalgia. It's not going to be exactly the same, but yeah, it's, if it comes close, I think that's, um, that's pretty good by itself. Mm. These sets don't necessarily just be by virtue of the parts palette that's being used these days. They don't necessarily have the same utility to be quickly transformed into mm-hmm. another set. I probably spent an hour and a half putting this set together, um, wow. which is, which is, you know, that's a pretty substantial. That's a, are you that slow of a builder? Well, you know, it, it's sort of. I'm looking at the process as I go along, but uh, you know, you've got to work out which of the one by one elements you're actually supposed to be using in this step. There's <laughs> black and there's brown, and you know, my light's not great, but at least you can, if you can work out the shape of the element, you know which one it is that you're going to be 
putting on because each one only comes in one color. Mm. So I say it's if if I'm if I'm out for a nostalgic building experience, I'm going to be there soaking it up rather than knocking it over as quick as I can. I don't think that's you know that that's not necessarily what what you want to be doing it for if you're making and you're making a substantial effort investment at this point in time to get hold of one of these GWPs. You know, it's four hundred dollar Australian buy-ins. You know, it's you it's best enjoy it. You, you've you've got to take your time to enjoy it. I say there's plenty of other things to enjoy about this set, including the the parts are a great general parts pack. You've got a couple of mountain rock bits. You've got a couple of the turret balconies. You don't get the black ones in this set. They're um, almost sort of put together out of brick. Um, and you don't get a couple of the big arches that mm. you got in the original. And that just hobbled. It just it just meant it wasn't quite so easy to do a part for part translation of the yep. old rebuilds to the new ones, and you had to get a little bit of creativity going. But fortunately, there are enough other plates and one by one bricks to be able to cobble an arch together, as it were. Hmm. But I guess that's the challenge with bringing back these sets. Like a lot of the parts that made a lot of the elements that made these sets so iconic and were a staple or a hallmark of these. Um, these themes at the time they just no, they just no longer exist yeah no absolutely and look i i, I do recognize that um so I'll, I'll i'll accept that for the dragon knight part of my effort was a vanity project and it was just mm-hmm. sort of like what can i do to make this look better um i think because that black sh- caged grill f- helmet is <laughs> yep because that that element is still in the parts in, in, in the current portfolio. It would have been lovely to have seen that recolored as black and and that would, would have worked quite well there. Um, look, I ended up sticking an Imperium helmet from Ninjago onto the Dragon Knight and um, I was surprised at how well it suited her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a good helmet. It's a great helmet. Um, it doesn't have scope for um, doesn't have scope for plumes, which is a little disappointing, but otherwise, it uh, yeah, it's a great helmet. It's um, uh-huh. got so much of that part samurai, part dragon knight, part futuristic spaceman alien robot. So it look it did a, it did a reasonable job. As I say a lot of it, I just did as much for the mental exercise of what can I do to make these things fit what I was hoping for, as opposed uh-huh. to what we got. But yeah, I still enjoy the build. Don't. Don't feel afraid to open it up or don't feel afraid to pass it on to a castle buddy. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Did you pick anything up over the Insiders weekend? Uh, yes. I I took advantage of the discount code for the Monkey Kid Temple, um, unders, uh, Underwater Temple. Oh, the, sure the, the, the Palace castle. of the Dragon of yeah, the... Palace of the Dragon, yeah. Of the East Sea, yeah. Yeah. West Sea. Got that. Um, and that, that's That's a fantastic build. Yeah, it so happened that they had white classic space torsos because our inside um, our insiders weekend started a day before the retirement date. Um, a lot of the elements are still there on pick a brick anyway, so I think when they run out, they run out. Um, so I ordered a whole bunch of white classic space torsos and classic white classic space astronaut parts, and yeah, that's how I got over the line to four hundred. Was the white one retiring? Or was it just the red? I don't know. I. It was it was in stock. These things are this these <laughs> things are notoriously hard to pin down on pick a brick and double points, GWPs, 
rare pick a brick elements, yeah, why not? Absolutely, why not? Yeah, and then that, that's it for Insiders Weekend. And we have Black Friday next, which yeah. sees the launch of a very, very tall set. Indeed. Which one are you thinking of here? Um, the Avengers Tower. So this is the second Black Friday in a row where LEGO have decided to launch a very, very tall set. We had the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. the oh, symbol did, yes. of... Paris um, last year for Black Friday. And this year we have a symbol of New York City, the Avengers Tower. Fantastic. And have you had a chance to put that together? Yes, I have. It's right um, It's right behind me. Um, oh. And it is a... Hard to see it on an audio podcast. Hard to see it on... <laughs> yeah, just imagine it. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, I kind of blitzed through the build... I actually built it back-to-back with the Daily Bugle because I thought, all right, this is the time to build two skyscrapers in the span of two or three days. Um, Mm -hmm. Couldn't have done it without my wife who helped out with the Bugle, but it was well worth it because now I have two mega-sized skyscrapers on my modular street or, you know, that I can fit into my modular street. Fantastic. Is there anything that you've particularly enjoyed putting putting this set together? Look, if you are a Marvel fan, um, this is pretty much the ultimate Avengers. This is like the most Avengers set ever. Um, yeah. We actually got a chance to see this. Um, I got a chance to see this in um, in Denmark when we were over for Fan Media Days, which was very exciting, as you as you may imagine, having done a few of these. Um, so yeah, the design team were on hand to reveal and unveil the set in dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was very fun. The set itself, the design team had a very Avengers like feel to it. So you had Justin Ramsden, who you may remember from um he started his career in the Lego Superheroes team. I think his his first set was the Comic Con Throne of Ultron set. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's done a lot of superhero sets. Um, he also worked on another very tall set this year, Gringotts Bank, which is just a smidge shorter than the Avengers Tower. So he's mm-hmm. he's he's had a he's had a big he's had a big year. Um, you had you also had Mark Stafford, another veteran Lego superheroes fan mm-hmm. um, and designer. You know he's done things like the Black Panther bus, but if you look through his brick list on brick set, you'll see that he's done a whole raft of some of your favorite sets from you know. A, and he's a big space fan, so you see that come come out in a lot of his designs. He's a big comic book fan, so naturally he's the guy you want when you're attempting to put a massive Avengers tower like this. You also had Junior Suzuki who helped out with the uh the the mini midi sized Quinjet. And the Leviathan, which functioned, mm-hmm. which 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 are really great designs, and actually one of my favorite parts of the whole model because they're really really solid, really tight builds. Because it's very hard to it's it's easy when you're building like minifigure sized models, but when you're building something that small and compact, it's um you you get to really kind of see a lot of the advanced techniques, mm. um, you know come to life for those like smaller scale models and they do function to give the Avengers tower a more 
they, they, they set and, you know, provide a sense of scale to just how big the building is. Uh, so I really yeah. enjoyed that. That was Junior Suzuki. And you had Mark Tranter who did the graphics um, and the minifigures and the stickers. So it is a big set. There's a lot going on. There are 31 figures, which include 29 minifigures, uh, one big fig Hulk, and a Ant-Man micro figure. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the most ever in a retail lego set so if you want everyone if you want nearly everyone in the avengers that's the set that you should pick up we'll talk about the minifigures all day um because there's just so much there's like 31 you've got new characters that we've never received in a set like alexander pierce dr cho eric selvig and of course we have kevin feige the godfather of the marvel cinematic universe There are about 15 minifigures that are truly exclusive. So some old favorites have gotten a few upgrades like leg printing, arm printing, and a few new prints. You've got new characters that, um, you know, and and really dramatic updates like Vision, who has a transparent pair of legs, which look really cool. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wasp and Vision also have new um like foil they're not quite for yeah i think it's like transparent foil capes so they're like slightly thicker pieces of plastic capes which um again are really cool because they you know they 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 have so much more weight and they just look really just really superhero and very really comic booky which is what you want from a set like this Mm. um yeah and yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on the tons of easter eggs from um across the infinity saga so this 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 avengers tower isn't a isn't based on a particular point in the mcu timeline or a particular movie it's it's it kind of amalgamates moments in the stark tower or avengers tower from across the infinity saga so you have references the first avengers um movie all the way to uh endgame as they're traversing through time you know, collect the infinity stones. So yeah, there's there's it's it's a really good and it's 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 the ultimate infinity saga set. It's the ultimate Avenger set. So if you're if you're a fan of those characters and movies, it's um it's a really satisfying set. Plus plus it does what a lot of sets up uh, it does what it does something that a lot of sets rarely do, which is it is a big modular compatible skyscraper. So it's 90 mm. centimeters tall. Um, there are windows everywhere. There's so many of those new curved trans blue um, panel wall panels. I'm not sure what they're called. Um, it just looks really cool. And because it's so tall, it's really imposing. And yeah, it's 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 one of those sets that you go, wow, you know, that's that that's really kind of like a showpiece and centerpiece of your like Lego collection. Fantastic, yeah, and that's the that's the gist of it. It it is it is very expensive, but I think for what you get, and you know, you're getting a massive modular skyscraper, pretty much for five hundred USD. I think it's like seven fifty here in Australia, seven sixty. Mm. It's it's sort of like if if you're a diehard Lord of the Rings fan, Rivendell is good value. If you're a diehard Marvel fan, this is not bad value. Um, yep. If you're the fan of both licenses then you're going to go broke (laughs) 
That's right. Um, yeah, Marvel fans will will enjoy it. Um, like like the the Daily Bugle was really well received by Spider Man fans and Marvel fans, just because again it was a tall skyscraper. It was an iconic building from the comic books, and to execute at this scale is something that's very rare. You get a lot of tall sets. You know, the Eiffel Tower or the Saturn V rocket, but you rarely get tall sets that are minifigure scale or minifigure compatible. So mm. this is, yeah. If you want a big skyscraper on your modular street, this is the perfect solution. Fantastic. Well, that that's that's awesome. It's probably, it's as, as I've said before, storage and display space is becoming a premium here at Rambling Brick HQ. So it's probably not one for our household, um, but I can see that it's got the elements for a lot of people to be very excited about, and I'm sure it'll just be not quite they were wanting enough for other people to be delighted to have something to be unhappy about. A, a bit of a counterpoint there in terms of like storage and display. Yep. It's tall, so if you display, say, like your mod, mo- like your modular cities on like shelves, you may have a problem if you have like multiple um, floating shelves on a wall. That might be an issue, yep. or if you have them in like a um, display cabinet, like those glass display cabinets, that that might be an issue. But it still sits on a regular base plate, so the footprint is quite small for you know a set this big. So it's mm. kind of easy to like. I mean, if if um yeah. A lot of people, you know, have have a lot of what's it headspace when it comes to like their buildings because no buildings go that tall. So yep. yeah, I think it's quite easy to integrate in just because it's it it fits in with the modular system. I'm literally just running out of shelf space. I um <laughs> my modular system my modular street hasn't been added to since the um since the pet store and bicycle shop. Well, it's a good thing that you're getting the Natural History Museum soon. Yes, yes, I think um, it does mean that we're going to need to have some thoughts. Um, but I did notice also last week Rivendell had been removed and pl- replaced with a vase of flowers. <laughs> to be fair, it had been moved to another part of the house and I will I will give credit, it does look much better there and much tidier there than it did where it was and does mean that we've got a few spaces for some other things. Amazing. So that is also... Cool and awesome. What's your favorite Easter egg in this one, Jay? Oh, um, I really like the comic book tile um, that pays homage to the very first Avengers comic book cover. It's it's quite an iconic cover, mostly because you get the like the old kind of like Tin Man Iron Man suit in like yellow, um, mm-hmm. and the the characters have been kind of transformed into minifigures. That's a very nice. Um, that's a very cool Easter egg. I also like the um, the reference to Endgame with America's ass. So you have you know Captain America checking his own ass out as he you know as they yeah time travel shenanigans. He goes back in time, um, knocks out the old Captain America and admires America's ass. And that's you know front and center um, in one of the floors. That's a lot of fun. Mm. But yeah, I think it's just it's just one of those sets where as you're building, you are you get to relive so many of these iconic MCU moments through the build. 
and yeah it's it's just a lot of fun they've 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 definitely gone above and beyond with the easter eggs and references thrown into the set so yeah it's 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 really a love letter to mcu and marvel fans and as i suppose that's the other thing to think about why here why now this is the 60th anniversary of the first issue of avengers oh is it yeah, is it the 60th? yeah ah okay yeah yep so that that was that sort of one probably an impetus for that rather than thinking why not when the avengers 2 or infinity war or endgame were released it's also a bit poignant because we are at a point in time where the MCU is going through a few challenges in terms of quality. Some of the Disney Plus TV shows haven't been too well received by fans and critics. The movies haven't been, um, you know, equally haven't set the box office on fire as they once did. You know, there once were were a time where you could um, expect you know, you could launch any Marvel movie featuring a new character and you could easily expect, you know, a billion dollars at the global global box office. And yeah, that, becomes... that just doesn't happen now, does it? Yeah, exactly. So it feels almost like a last hurrah. And again, a very nice reminder of the high point of the MCU, which I think fans would, you know, would really appreciate it at this, um, in this, in these trying times. Mm. And look, I think I think it's really just coming along to generational shift. I mm-hmm. think it's you know it, it's it's like you know no Star Wars was as good as my Star Wars, and for me it was New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But for younger people, you know, the, the passion that they feel for the prequel trilogy, there's no doubt that that's there. And I, I just wonder if you know we have to accept that it's okay. But if it's okay for me to not not be enjoying phase phase four or five of um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that's okay because there are people who will, and hopefully one day these people will have money and help support the things that need supporting. Yeah, um, and I think it's also it's 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 mm. also a very important set because it is you know in some ways a return to form for the Lego Marvel superheroes theme as well which again has been has had a few turbulent releases you know the the hulkbuster was not well received the black panther bust was not well received this is i think a shot in the arm that the the theme needs to just reinvigorate kind of change people's perceptions as well that hey we can do these really elaborate really well designed sets that the mm. fans want instead of going here's an $800 Hulkbuster that doesn't really look like a Hulkbuster please buy it and I think that that's important for fans yeah yeah no it's it's certainly I I think I mean we had the Sanctum Sanctorum released last Mm -hmm. year which I think is probably the only other really iconic location for a building that we've had in the last few years Mm mm-hmm of, of Marvel, although it could be very interesting to have, if we were to get some sets from Loki or the like and, you know, perhaps seeing some aspects of the TVA mm. or given that we're getting these figures in um, in the Marvel collectible minifigure boxes, perhaps it's um, less of an issue for that and less of an issue there and, and put your own stuff together. Yeah. I think what's exciting as well is that now that we've had three sets in this series so we we actually have a marvel modular 
series or a Marvel modular street that is starting to take shape and consolidate almost. And so as a fan, you're I'm 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 looking at, you know, the the Sanctum, the Daily Bugle, and the Avengers Tower, and I'm already thinking, what next? Because I think there's so many iconic locales or um, mm. you know, structures or buildings that you could, um, you know, fit into this Marvel modular series because this is now a thing. This is we have a a new Marvel modular every year. Okay, so so is, is this where we now say it is um, Wednesday the twenty second of November? I'm calling it for a Marvel um, X Men Mansion next year. Yeah, I I I think that um I think that's a very safe uh, assumption. Could we could we could get you know the Fantastic Four? I think when when they eventually launch the movie, which I which is I think Marvel's next big 25. thing. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Get the Baxter. Was it is it called the Baxter Tower? Yeah. Um, Fantastic Four headquarters. Yeah. You see, when I was growing up, we were watching the um what was already an old Avengers cartoon after school and it wasn't a while. It wasn't until I was long finished at school before we started to get Fantastic Four and um, X-Men sort of turning up on TV. Yeah, I think an X-Men mansion would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, there's just there's just so much that we could um, we could we could expect. Yeah, especially if um, especially if X-Men 97 sort of gets up and off the ground and actually starts to appear on television, that would be exciting. Mm-hmm. I would love a like not e- not even like the X Men um, mansion. I would love a you just gotta put a a big sentinel that's in scale to the Sanctum or the Avengers Tower on mm-hmm. a you know on a on a on a base plate and have some rubble and just connect it to the scene. I think that would be very cool. X and the X Men the X Men mansion's a bit too easy of a like a prediction too safe. Um, I would love a sentinel at that size. On a base plate. I could see that that would be incredibly cool. Mm. Galactus at that size? Actually, that would be... I, I wonder if that would be make even more sense. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It has to line up with, I think, where the MCU goes after this. Mm. But if it's buildings, yeah, the X-Men makes sense. And have you been putting anything else together? Or is there anything else? I'm just thinking that sort of covered the... Avengers Tower. Um, yeah, so after the Avengers Tower, we have um, the first of December, which is again shaping up to be a massive um, release window, which is which is quite unusual because normally nothing gets released in December, but now mm. we have new modular that's been pulled, that's been pulled forward. We have um, we have a train. We have the Orin Express launching on the first of December to close up the year. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, yes, the Orient Express, the idea set. Yes, it's dark yes. blue and gold. That's not the colour that the original submission was. It runs on normal track. That's not what yep. the original submission did. I just think it is very nice and very nostalgic to have a train launching at Christmas because that just that just evokes a lot of nostalgia of getting a battery-operated model train finding a model train under the Christmas tree. I think there's something very special about that. And I'm really glad that they line the Taking you back to 1975. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think think about it. Like if you were a kid and you had a model train under the Christmas tree, how cool, like, I mean, that that used to be like the pinnacle of Christmas. Still in my parents' attic. Yeah, before, you know, before 
Nintendos or before PlayStations. That was what you wanted under a Christmas tree. Yeah, absolutely. And then, look, it's been over a decade since Emerald Knight, which was probably the last big adult-focused Steam Mm -hmm. engine was released. Mm -hmm. Steam Locomotive, I beg your pardon. It had the scope to be powered on the inside with an extra large motor and basically direct directly engaging the drive wheels. Mm-hmm. But we don't seem to see that same thing with Orient Express, just from what I've been able to garner from the published images and box art, which doesn't have any of those call-outs saying easy to motorise with the aid of these bits. Yeah, so I um, I can't specifically talk about the Orient Express because the... Um review embargo um, is not lifted just yet. But um, again, we got to see the Orin Express um, in Billund. It was unveiled to us by the Lego Ideas team. So that was pretty exciting. Um, First of all, it is a very good looking train. I think it's a very good looking train. Um, I might be biased because I like dark blue, maybe thanks to Lego agents. I'm not sure if that was um, agents, but I really like that. Agents. Yeah. So I'm a fan of the color scheme. And again, because this is a licensed product, this was actually a request from Orin Express themselves, the OE, um, to make it a blue train because their Mm. new train that they're launching or relaunching in 20. 24 next year the la dolce vita la dolce vita is a blue train so the colors match the actual orange express that you'll be able to go and um ride on in 2024 again that's the that's the that's always the challenge or that's always the the thing you have to contend with when working with a licensed um so they get Mm -hmm. you know they, they they get the final say on what color it should look like and it's in the same way that disney has a final say of what minifigures get included in a set um so yeah which again i don't i don't i don't really have a i don't i don't really have a big problem with and i think it's just yeah it's just important to understand that and again like the emerald knight was a green train i think it would be a bit of a waste to have two green like steam locomotives even though they are different trains and and have different designs, but I think for for train fans who already have the Emerald Knight, I think just having a different color just makes it a bit more interesting. You already have red for like the Hogwarts Express, so having a blue train is you know kind of makes sense in my head. Mm. Yep. Um, the motorization bit that's the that's the part where I I don't quite buy. Lego's official line. So yeah, they straight up told us that no, it is not designed to be motorized. Um, and and then we asked why not? It is a train. It should be designed to be motorized. And the official line is that it is too heavy. Which, if you know anything about Lego trains and the people that go to great lengths to modify and design their own locomotives and coaches, mm. they make it work. I've yeah, seen some really big trains. I, th- I think they will find a way. Um, you do have extra load with the sort of driver wheel mechanisms, and it might mm-hmm. just be that there's no way to easily make it work 
the way that you were once able to make um, any train suddenly motorised just by putting a 9-volt battery yep. unit in the place of one of the bogies. Yep. Um, so that, that, that might be part of it. Um, it might just also be the reliability of different systems or not trying to commit you to use one system. Um, it is it is an eight wide train, so that's great. That means it'll fit on your regular track. Yeah, so it 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 fits on your regular track. From memory, the Emerald Knight was six wide. I think most Lego trains are six wide. That's uh, correct. But yeah, but for this one, they've expanded it to eight wide. So you can expect a lot more detail possible when you add in twenty five percent more um, more width to a train. So that allows it to to really pack it with details, so it, it's not too cramped on the inside. But yeah, maybe that's what makes it a bit too heavy to pull. I don't know. I don't know. I am again. I'm keen to try and stick a motor in it and see if it runs. My my theory behind this, and this is a this complete speculation, was, and this is tied to another Lego idea set which received a lot of flack for. It being motorized. Do you remember the oh, the motorized work? The motorized lighthouse. Yep. I mean, motorizing a set like this will add another hundred dollars functionally in elements, yep. or a hundred dollars in additional elements for you to purchase. Yeah, because this is not a um, the Orin Express is not a cheap set. Let's just call it that way. It's three hundred US dollars, um, so it's 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 a very substantial um, it's a very substantial purchase. So yeah. I think the negative reception that the motorized lighthouse received because people are going, oh, this is such a good looking set, but why did they had to include all these things in it? I just want a pretty looking, I just want a great looking display piece. I don't really care about the motorizations. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, and again, we're going into kind of like what if territory here. I feel like if Lego fans were a lot more positive and the reception was a lot better for the motorized lighthouse, that they would have altered the approach to the Orient Express to mm-hmm. have the motorization built in and baked in. Again, you would get a, you again, that would make it a very expensive set because these motors and battery packs aren't cheap at all. But because of the lighthouse that kind of steered their direction towards, let's make this a good looking train that runs Mm. on standard track and we will leave it and we will throw a challenge to the Lego train community and Lego train fans to make it work. Because if we did try and make it work, people will complain. It's too expensive. I've already got motors. You know, I don't need all this extra stuff. Yeah, I was I was going to say a, a, a train fan who's buying this for the purpose of motorizing it will will have the kit already, and they may be using nine volt motors. Yep. They might be substituting metal axles for the new plug in yep. wheels and axles that um, have become the vogue over the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that they don't run quite as smoothly as the old metal rod ones. So again. Pure speculation, but I feel like this 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 came down to how fans reacted to the motorized lighthouse, um, which again was a very valid, I think, was a very valid criticism because they could they could have sold it as a as an add on, but they included it in the box. So I think if you yeah, with trains is a bit tricky because most trains that you buy, like the the current 
um, city passenger city passenger train, that, that lime green train. They always yeah, so- they almost always come with all the parts that you need to make it run. So the city train does, the freight train does. Yep. But over the last decade, none of the and there's always a city a passenger train and a freight train set, um, sort of about every three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other train sets have just not come with motorized with motorized gear. Um, yep. So that's Emerald Knight. That's the Horizon Express, which was an orange electric model, the Mask Express, the yep. Christmas holiday train, and this. Yeah, so that none, none of these come with motorization, and indeed the Toy Story train, if you want to get particularly <laughs> finicky, or Lone, most of the Lone, Harry Potters. Lone Ranger train. Is that a Lone Ranger train? Yeah. There was a Lone Ranger train, yes, that's right, the Constitution Express. These trains were all released as push-along. Uh, there were some Harry Potter ones that had some motorization built in, and there were some that didn't. It's okay because it then lets you do it the way that you want. But a few of those trains, and I'm thinking particularly, oh, and the other one was the Crocodile that was released in 2020. That's right. I knew there was another. Um, that one and Emerald Knight both had very specific ways of motorizing it mm-hmm. that didn't just involve putting a motorized wheel module underneath the tender, which I wonder if that's going to be something that you're going to be able to do anyway. If the tender's reasonably hollow, you can put a battery pack in there and just run run a train motorization, mm-hmm. a, a train motor pack sort of underneath that. Don't know. It'd be interesting to see if it's capable of it. I don't know. They they did they, they didn't when when we were in Denmark they didn't show us um yeah any attempts at motorizing it like it, it maybe it just ran really slowly around the track and that's not very aesthetically pleasing or a very you know competent looking train if it just kind of just yeah just kind of slowly runs around the track you know it doesn't kind of zip yeah. up zip around like a like a regular lego train so again i have my yeah i have my theories and you know before kind of like diving into my review and really kind of putting this train to the test i think that it can absolutely be done. Fantastic. Well, we'll have to um, see what what you can achieve with that. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, not designed to be motorized is not the same as impossible to motorize. I feel like there's a very yeah. like that was a very um, that was a Careful very, that, that was very deliberate phrasing. Yeah, that will be interesting to see how that pans out overall mm-hmm. are you excited about the orange express you're a you know you like trains i'm curious um we're in an interesting situation in our household um i'm allowed to like trains as much as i like however <laughs> uh the nola in chief was scarred by having a so we go on holidays these days because we're going to where there's an lego a lego event Yep, and um, when when she was growing up, their family would uh, go on holidays based on where there was a steam train. Ah, okay. So she, okay. Oh, she came from and a train, was train the, family. Then there was the train train layout in the shed that only Dad was allowed to drive. Of course, not able to claim that it was a sophisticated set of interlocking um, structural engineering material. And uh, yeah, so as I admire the detail that people who that people who are into into lego trains build into their trains i just can't get over the way that they get around the geometry of it all <laughs> i do spend 
more time than I'd normally expect sitting down and admiring these things at the shows. But mm-hmm. um, look, I'm, I might be about to embark on a um, on a train for my Brickvention model this year, and Ooh, uh, exciting. But it will not be of the league of the um, Orient Express. Um, it's designed to transport a brickhead as the driver and um, and sort of sit in a Fabuland style world. So perfect. So, so it's just a, just a little bit different, but it's, it's based on a Duplo base. So, oh, okay, there you go, exciting. So, yeah, absolutely. Have, have Have you been on the Orient Express? I've not been on the Orient Express. I've been on the train that goes from Bergen to no, 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 beg your pardon, goes from Oslo to Bergen, and that's a trip well worth doing. But um, and down the Flem Railway as well. But no, I've not been on the Orient Express. That's uh, that's another league. Oh, another league entirely. Yep. So again, I think looking at the like the design of the train, a lot of emphasis have, has been put into the interiors. It's very regal. <clears throat> it's very luxurious, and that's what the Orient Express. It's all about it's it's not about the locomotive because there isn't a standard or an express locomotive they um yeah. they change engines as they cross into different countries and from what i and understand uh, it's different it's technologies all... with across time as well yeah uh from what i understand the the appeal of the Orient express is the luxury is the um the banquet cars mm-hmm. is the is the furnishing and yeah, it's 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 like it's like going on a fancy hotel um, on track almost. Again, this is where I think the IP owner has has a say in how they want the you know how they want the the set to look like or what features they want to focus on. And you, if you look at if you look at the train, there's there's a there's a really nice interiors, really nice details throughout. I think you know as an Orin Express set, it 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 completely fits uh, completely answers the brief and delivers a, a very luxurious lego train experience not so much uh you know um, a great looking locomotive that won't run on track but it's all about the insides that's what i think i, th- I think i'm just trying to see if i can book a ticket tickets on the actual orient express at the moment um, not yet i think okay cabins from nineteen thousand euro per passenger I think Oof. that 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 tells us something about yeah. the Orient hey. Express. You can catch a one night ride from Paris to Venice for a mere two and a half thousand euro. Is that's that a one night? night. That's a one night tra- trip. That is a that is a very expensive hotel room. It is. Um, I assume. I assume. I assume meals and drinks are included. It's kind of like a cruise. Assume everything is included. Okay. Um, Paris to Istanbul takes a little bit longer and um, will set you back 15,000 euro. And here I thought um, Lego was expensive, but um, no. So for a lot so, of people, I think this is the closest that they'll ever get to the Orin Express. Yeah, I, I think that that um, suddenly um, puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Mm. But hey, maybe the Orin Express think that, hey, these people can afford... Lego and expensive, expensive plastic bricks. Maybe they can afford a two thousand euro night on aboard the Orient Express. Well, this Istanbul to Paris is yeah, that's five nights. That that long trip. 
and it's uh, seventeen thousand euro. So just gonna opulence. Say That's the word. Opulence and luxury. Opulence and luxury, and it'll be a. I'm sure it will be a delightful experience for anyone who does that. And so. I think one of the advantages of the width of this train as well is that it gives you the chance to put extra detail into the cabins mm-hmm. and make it just feel a little bit more luxurious than the carriages were on the Emerald Knight. No, I agree. I think Lego got it right on this train. And I think looking at the locomotive as well, like initially I, I read a lot of comments from you know people saying that the locomotive was ugly i don't think it is i think it looks great there were some comparisons to the hogwarts express which i think is a bit unfair it doesn't look anything like a hogwarts hogwarts express I mean, it's a steam train but that's that that's where the similarities end yeah no it's it's certainly it's not a it's not a hogwarts express um i'm not looking at my pictures at this moment i think it's what it's uh, say um 464 or 460 locomotive. That's a little bit different to your Hogwarts Express. And look, at the end of the day, it's a Lego train. This is what fans want, a nice adult Lego train that functions and isn't just a crocodile locomotive that just sits there and just does nothing. Well, the crocodile locomotive did plenty once you motorised it. Uh, Once you motorised it, yeah. But look, I think this is the... uh, this is what fans want, and I think this will hopefully, hopefully, inspire a whole new generation of train enthusiasts, and that'll be a good thing for everyone. Absolutely, no. I think I think I say it gives us a train unlike one that we've had for some time, and it'll be a great. Um, looks like it'll be a great building experience. It's got certainly some interesting form and shape. It is a so, big train as well. I think that's what people aren't quite realizing it from the photos. Like it is a it is a very long train. Like mm. you are getting a lot of train for the price that you pay. So even then, like I mean, I don't think the price is too outrageous because you get two two uh you get two carriages. The the mm. Emerald Knight only came with one. And that was uh I, I remember that was a big sticking point for a lot of people because it just looked unbalanced yeah no look i'm intrigued to see how this looks in real life um how it looks running on an actual piece of track i'm i'm excited to see that yeah so i look i think it's i'm excited to see it i don't know that i feel compelled to own it but i'm excited to see it and to see how train fans make it run um yeah, that's that's really it. I'd be intrigued to see what can be done. All right, that's pretty much it. Anything that you're looking for on Black Friday? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I think it depends if there's anything on sale. I've already got my Magisto and Christmas um, Christmas GWP secured, so I think I'm like unless there's like a massive discount on the Lionite's Castle. Um, then I might be persuaded to, you know, pick up a spare. But <laughs> apart from that, I think I'm pretty good for the year and I'll just wait till December. There, there is the Black Falcon microscale castle appearing on Insiders. There is the Black Falcon's microscale castle um, with printed microfigs of a forestman and a Black Falcon figure. Looking closely at the promotional image... 
I think you get two of each. And you, you get spares as well. Every time you get micro figures, there's always a spare. And that, that, that is exciting. So I've just got to work out whether or not I want to spend 2,400 points on that. Oh, I've got, I've, got, I've got points coming out the wazoo after double points. So I have plenty to spend. I don't get my double points until my shed is shipped. <laughs> oh, that's right. Bummer. Anyway, that's something that's right. to look forward to. Indeed. So I look forward to that. And I'd forgotten that I've got double points coming after my set's shipped. So that'll make me feel less guilty about thinking about this castle. I may or may not pull the trigger on it yet. You can always just bank it and order it on the 1st of January when all the new sets come out. Indeed. Indeed. We'll see how quickly they all go. These do often need to be used within six weeks. So yes, 1st of January will be your last chance to use it. Mm, There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, great to catch up, Jay. Um, and it's I'm quite excited because I know what we're planning to do next time in part. But, uh, yeah, look, we look forward, to everyone. We enjoy getting your feedback and your messages of support. If there's anything you'd like us to be talking about, let us know. And, yeah, if you'd be so kind as to leave a review, leave a star rating or a some actual comments on on your favorite podcast player of choice that would be absolutely awesome and in the meantime we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more things and until next time i'm richard from the rambling brick and i'm jay from jay's brick blog and these are the extra pieces you have been listening to extra pieces a collaboration between jay's brick blog and the rambling brick your hosts are Jayong and Richard Jones. The show is written and produced by Jayong and Richard Jones with audio engineering by Frederick French Pounce. Extra pieces can be found through your favorite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe. And if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a solid five-star review so that others can find us and share the joy. Some sets discussed on the Extra Pieces podcast are provided by the Lego Group for review purposes, but all opinions are our own.